Good afternoon to you. It is Saturday, March 11th at 3.31. Your Purdue Boilermakers are now 28-5 and after beating Ohio State in the Big Ten Tournament semifinals in Chicago. They won 80-66. to I'm going to talk about it, but before I do it, let me thank the people that helped me by getting me this T-shirt. Martin Vintage. Head over to martinvintage.com. Enter Boiled at checkout. Get 15% off. This is one of my favorite shirts they've had in the last couple of years. It's got the the cradle of astronauts, I think is what this says on there. Um, and, and it was released during football season. I think it's still available. Still one of my favorite uh, shirts. After you do that, go to eataj's.com. Just do it like right, right in a row. And when you do that, you can order ahead and maybe go to AJ's. Maybe you can see me there tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be recording a post-NCAA tournament draw uh, stream of the Handsome Hour Basketball Beat, whatever you want to call it. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think I'm going to be there early, so I'm going to... I'm torn. Watching Purdue play IU in a public place is not a good thing for me, um, but on campus it might be okay. Maybe I can maybe I can handle it. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, anyway, go over to AJ's on Vine. Burgers, beef, and beer. Say hi to my friend Adam. Get something delicious. You're going to leave happy. Hopefully Purdue will do their part to leave us with a big old smile. But the really good news is Purdue is probably, probably, I just texted a friend of mine, we're talking about this, probably clinched the one seed thanks to UCLA's situation with the injuries mounting there. And of course, and of course, uh, Purdue winning two games in the Big Ten tournament. Purdue looks like they're in the driver's seat for that one seed. Uh, I think it's another one of those things, just kind of check off a list. It's a good thing to get for the program. It's not the end of the world, a one or a two seed, but the path really is going to matter. Who's going to be in the way? We can start looking ahead towards that. Um, as I speak, I'm watching IU warm up to play, getting ready to play Micah Shrewsbury's Penn State Nittany Lions. The winner will play Purdue tomorrow at uh, 3.30 Indianapolis time, 2.30 Chicago time. And uh, the bad thing about that game is all of a sudden, especially if IU wins, I'm going to care a whole lot about that game. Um, I wish I could tell you that I, did, I don't, and I didn't, but I do care about that one. And the bad thing, what we just saw, Purdue just exemplified this idea. Somebody on Twitter brought it up. I said it's tough to beat a team a third time. And I think as a coach, a guy who's coached um, college basketball, or not college basketball, Guys coach basketball, you always say, you always say to your team, it's tough to beat a team the third time because you want to kind of keep that psychological edge on a team. Um, and it is tough to beat a team three times. Really, mentally, it feels tough when you're going through that. But statistically, it's not. The, I, I had multiple links send, sent to me. The case was made for me that it's really about 72.9% success rate for the team that has gone 2-0 and versus that same team early in the season. And there's my rub versus IU. Uh, we had a good discussion uh, on the Boiled Sports kind of text thread talking about this. I don't like the, the IU matchup. Um, I think IU's a very good team. I think that uh, Hood Shafino is nearly impossible for Purdue to match up with. That said, that said, Purdue is a little bit different of a team than they were when they played IU last time, and I'll tell you why. Brandon Newman is making some differences the way he's playing, and so is David Jenkins. It's funny. It's like Purdue released the Kraken a bit, right? Uh, David Jenkins is making the shots that we all know he was capable of making, and if you look at his percentage of three-point shooting during the season, it's a hockey stick. 
Um, I posted on Twitter. If you want to check it out, you can go through the BS feed and you'll find it. It's a retweet of Cobra Stats, as I think his name. Uh, he's a Purdue guy, um, smart, but he talked about how much better Jenkins. Uh, it's actually like this. The, the chart goes and just shoots way up. And Jenkins has found the water is finding its level. Jenkins has been a great three-point shooter his whole career. He's a 40% uh, three-point shooter. Um, uh, for his career, for his long NCAA career, and um, and it's he's starting to he's starting to shoot like he's capable of shooting. That's all there is to it. It's uh, it's great to great to see, great to hear, and it's been help, important to Purdue. If you watch that game, if you watch the way the the first half ended, it was David Jenkins hitting a big shot right then. He knew it was down right when he shot it. Jenkins is a difference maker. Newman's length, athleticism, um, his ability to. Uh, play at a higher speed on defense uh, than Morton has been a difference maker. And Morton coming off the bench, let's make no bones about it, has played better. He's shooting the ball a little bit better. He's a little more confident on offense, it looks like to me, to the untrained eye. The team seems to not have any weird tumult from that move. So maybe, just maybe, if Purdue plays IU, that difference can be enough. Um, but let's look, at the, let's look at the game. Let's look at how Purdue got that. Like I said, Big Ten tournament, not a big deal to me. Part of the reason Big Ten tournament's not a big deal to me is it really hasn't helped Purdue a whole bunch. If Purdue gets the one seed, I, I think you could argue that they may have had the one seed. We'll see what the uh, committee says. I point at the TV screen right now because the committee, the search the NCAA tournament committee is in Carmel, Indiana on my TV screen. Carmel, Indiana is about, I don't know, a mile and a half <laughs> to, my, uh, to my west just across uh, the river here. And... Um, it's uh, it's pretty neat. I, I don't know why they didn't invite me to the party. I would have enjoyed that a lot. I could have helped them with a lot of things. But the committee's doing their thing. Uh, most of their work is probably done by now. They've run a bunch of scenarios, and they're starting to get tighter and tighter. One thing, if, you, if you're a college basketball junkie and you like it a lot, I talked about this. UMass Lowell has a 20, they're a 26 win, a 26 win team this year. US, UMass Lowell has never made the NCAA tournament. And they got beaten in their conference title. And once again, they will not make the NCAA tournament. Stuff like that is, it makes those mid-major tournaments so much more fun and, and such, such awesome television. Similarly today, Ohio State didn't have a chance to get into the tournament without beating Purdue and then beating whoever in the championship tomorrow, Penn State or IU. And one of the guys that I follow on Twitter said it'll be great to watch Ohio State keep playing. Hopefully they can win. And I said it's not going to happen today. I had pretty a lot of confidence in this one just because the matchup for Ohio State is trouble. And here's why that matchup is trouble. We saw it about midway through the second half today. Purdue had a lid on the bucket. They could not hit their shots. And yet, and yet, when Zach Eady comes back in, it's automatic bucket. I think Purdue was four minutes right around four minutes without a bucket. They were shooting very poorly. And it was, it was a group effort. <clears throat> Pardon me. Everybody was shooting the ball poorly. When Edie came back in, it was instant offense, and Ohio State had nothing to do to stop it. Now, this is part of the reason I use a tougher matchup because they have a guy that can, that can play Edie. I don't want to say straight up. I don't think <clears> – <throat> in fact, I know Trace Jackson Davis can't guard Edie straight up. I went back and I watched highlights of the IU game today. Who's to say why? Um, but the IU games, both of them. And what I saw over and over is when Trace Jackson Davis is left in in single coverage, if you want to call it, he's left the man on man, man to man, man on man with Zach Eady. He has a hard time stopping him. And the biggest problem that he has, it's not so much 
Edie's effectiveness around the basket. It's Edie's ability to notch out space because of his strength. Ohio State, similarly, maybe much worse. Let's say much worse because Trace Jackson Davis is a hell of a player. But Ohio State didn't have a physical match. Even with Zed Key, they still didn't have a physical match with Edie. I'll be honest. There's really, what, one team in the Big Ten with a physical match to Edie. That's Dickinson. And sadly, he's going to be home uh, going on spring break with his friends here in a couple weeks. Uh, they earned it. Michigan earned it. And Juwan Howard earned it. And it couldn't happen to a better team. Um, so let's look at the stats real quick. And I'll talk about some of the uh, comments here. So Purdue, like I said, wins 80-66. to 66. Uh, Ohio State this year, uh, they were close to Purdue back in early January. They, they were coming off. They were 10-3 and three coming into that game. Purdue sent them on a skid. They were careening. I think they lost by 17 to Purdue at Mackey Arena with uh, Jay Money in the house and his family, and then he did the postgame. And today in Chicago, it doesn't matter the venue, doesn't matter the situation, Purdue is a bad matchup for Ohio State. Um, and why? Again, Zach Eady, 32 points, 14 rebounds, uh, three assists, a steal. He went eight for 11 from the three from free throw line, uh, and those 11 or those eight free throws were important. I would, if I want to get ticky tack and really be annoyed by something, if you want to do that, which I don't really care. But if you want to, he missed the front end of two one-and-ones. I think that would have put Purdue back out in front. Purdue shot 77% from the free throw line. Like I said, that 70% line is kind of a Mendoza line. If Purdue shoots above the, above 70%, good things happen. Good, Very good things happen for Purdue because generally they'll, they'll, draw, they'll draw fouls. They'll get to the line 20-plus times. Now, if they shoot... 70%, all good things happened there. Purdue shot 47% from the three-point line, and the reason they did that, Jenkins was two for three. Um, Braden Smith, two for two. Brandon Newman, as I talked about earlier, two for four. Uh, let's see, Morton was 0 for two for three, which kind of breaks a streak of a couple games in a row where I think he had shot right around 50% from the three-point line. After Edie, it was, it was uh, Newman again. Um, he's a tough guy to guard, and when he's confident, he was looked confident, he was playing confidently, 15 points, uh, three assists, three rebounds, a block, a steal, and making life difficult all day for Ohio State's guard-heavy lineup. Ohio State's an interesting team. If you look at the way they construct their team, especially without Zed Key, it's really a bunch of pl plug-and-play parts. That's really easy for me to say, clearly. Just a bunch of guys that can play a bunch of uh, positions. They'll try to do things with moving around the center and the for power forward. They'll put Justice Suing sometimes on ED. They even put... I thought it was interesting. They put Thornton on Ed a couple times, but then they have uh, uh, two guys, uh, Akpara and um, what's his name? Uh, they have one other guy. I thought um, that will try to guard Brown. We think what is that right? Yeah, they did have Brown on him though. They were throwing bodies at Ed, doing everything they could, especially when Akpara. I think he was in. Yeah, he was in foul trouble very early. I think he had three fouls in the first half. And that's all because that poor matchup that I was talking about. It's just not a good matchup for Ohio State. Um, they're going to be good next year. They got a bunch of uh, players that they paid good money to come to Columbus and uh, Ohio State doing Ohio State things. This year, though, tough year for them and uh, tough year for Holtman. If it wasn't for a $20 million buyout, who knows? Maybe he'd be coaching at Butler with Thad Mata as an assistant coach next year. Who knows? But instead, he'll be back next year with a loaded-up team, I can assure you, and Purdue will have to battle Ohio State in, and uh, the Value City Arena Will be a tough place for Purdue to play next year. I just guarantee it. I can feel it already. Uh, so Newman finished 15. Braden Smith finished 14 points, uh, five rebounds, five assists, only one turnover for for Smith. Excellent day. Like I said, David Jenkins six points on two for three shooting for three. 
Um, and he also had a rebound. He was important. He was in there. He was, he was just instant energy. Played really smart. That uh, was uh, it was great to see. And Jenkins is he's like the not so secret weapon for Purdue fans. Of course, Caleb first also pretty good game for him after a couple games where he was a little bit quiet. Uh, six points off the bench, uh, five rebounds. And I think that work on the glass that first did. It's funny without a guy across from him that's seven feet tall, he has a lot of confidence in attacking that glass. He plays at a different level. Uh, Kaufman Wren played well, but. Uh, he was he was a little more quiet. They kind of switched roles. First, it'd be great to see another game where, like five, seven games ago, where both of them came at a team hard. It's really nice to see first recover, though, after a, a, quite a few games in a row where he was very quiet. A guy that was also who continues to be quiet, Fletch Lawyer, three points, three rebounds. And then Gillis, who, the quietest game in a long time, he follows up that, that amazing game, last game, with 20 points, with two points and two assists. So, tomorrow, 3.30, uh, if you are in West Lafayette, come by AJ's. Why not? Let's have a party. Let's go. Uh, you, you can, you can uh, get, to, uh, get to see how short I am in person. You're going to be underwhelmed. Um, let me go to the comments. I appreciate everybody's here. A lot of people that are, that are uh, live. It's always great to see that. Willie Dean, not the real Willie Dean, he assures me. He says, new glasses. These are actually very old glasses, but these are the ones I decided to wear today. I've got, I've got the glasses game is strong right now. I got to tell you, I got the circle glasses. I've got a second pair of circle glasses. I've got these. I've got some really thick um, tortoiseshell that I don't ever wear on the on the camera because they they really don't look right. <clears throat> they look they're very heavy. So, um, but thank you for noticing. I do appreciate that. The brand is strong. Uh, Rudicris says boiler up. Mohill ninety three. The traveling man says boiler up. Chris Harder, uh, my pal, one of the uh, one of the greatest. Local hockey goalies, I think we can say that without uh, any hesitation, uh, says Beard Perfection. Thank you. Uh, I work hard. It was trimmed up this morning, so thank you for noticing. It means a lot. Ted Berkey, let's go get banner number two. Winning two Big Ten championships is a pretty big deal. Um, of course, winning a winning a Big Ten tournament is a big deal. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm mincing my words a bit. I understand it. But Purdue hasn't done it in a long time. Again, I like checking off these lists. You guys have heard me say that if you come on the show often, you listen to me often. Doing those things mentally for a team is a big deal. Having hardware, having things that talk about, or ways to remember a team, that's a big deal. Um, because last year, we know that kind of rotten taste that was left in the mouth since, the, since Purdue didn't earn any of those things. It's tougher. It's a tougher team to remember. Sure, you remember Jaden Ivey was great and Trey Williams was great and they had that very, very good senior class. But without that championship, it's, uh, it's, it's not worth as much. Purdue's big goals. We know what they are. Um, this is the second of four, I'd say, if you want to say there's four goals. Um, but the good thing is they're in the championship. Last year, of course, lost to Iowa. Um, that sucked. Um, Iowa played Purdue tough every time they played them last year. IU, if Purdue gets IU, I'm watching the game right now. They just tipped off. Uh, IU is a tough out. And like I said, it's going to make all of us care a little bit more if IU can beat Penn State. Now, if Penn State can win, um, I mean, I'm not going to say I'd be happy with a loss, never happy with a loss, but you know I got, I've got i got rooting interest. I'm a big fan of Micah Shrewsbury. He's a nice guy. I've known him a long time. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I kind of would like him not to be in the Big Ten next year, and there's so many rumors floating around about him. One way or another, my pal is getting a big raise this offseason, I'll tell you what. And um, and I think they're they're 
easily in the NCAA tournament now. Uh, they're 21 and 12. They're in very, very good shape. Um, yeah, Willie Dean says, watch Dowd, watch Purdue live in front of people at AJ's tomorrow. Yeah, it could be fun. I'm going to try to do everything I can to, just to not be frustrated. <clears throat> I, I got to do something about that. Um, Edie's less than 50% shoot, uh, shooting. This is a big deal. Midwest Toker says Edie's less than 50% shooting, in the, and we still smoke that team. Yeah, he really was struggling on just his basic turnaround. Uh, my wife actually commented on that. What's he doing? Well, there's nothing. I mean, there's other teams that want it pretty bad, and he's getting beaten on. That's funny. They showed the last, uh, last time out. I don't know if you guys noticed this. And they're focused in on Edie, and he's listening to Coach, I'm sure. But he had a big red mark across his face, kind of like he had been smacked across the face. <clears throat> and he looked like a boxer in the corner ready to go, go back in the game, kind of chomping at the bit, ready to get back in the ring. And uh, that determination, that, that look on his face is something I think Purdue fans have grown to love. Even a couple of my friends who, um, who aren't Purdue fans, I had a couple, got a couple text messages today about his steely-eyed uh, determination at the free-throw line. I don't know if you ever heard this. He had Brandon Brantley say to him, hey, concentrate when you're at the free-throw line. When he was a freshman, I think. Concentrate. When you get that ball, get locked in on the rim. Before you, don't look down when you dribble, lock in on the rim. And instead he said, why not concentrate the entire time? So if you watch, he never takes his eyes off of the rim when he's at the free throw line, and that's the story of why he does it. Ava Helvey is here. She said you just stopped by. Ava Helvey is a good Purdue fan. She's growing into a great Purdue fan. She watched Purdue play yesterday at school. Big Purdue fan. Ava and Sophia both. That's great to, great to see. Glad, glad one of them is here. I don't know if they're both here, and I don't know if they've checked out yet. Anyway, um, Rudacris says, Boiler Dowd uh, looking almost as good as the Boilers today. Edie uh, plus balanced offense. Oh, yeah, Edie kept the whole thing buoyant. There's no doubt. And um, produced. So let me, let me put a little sidebar here. I watched Matt Painter's comments. We've been watching them for weeks, and he says, this team is a good shooting team, okay? And while I agree, I understand there's some guys, when you watch, even watch Newman miss, okay, let's use, use that as an example, or Gillis. Both those guys have just such pure jumpers. When they miss, they, the shot still looks good. B Robbie Hummel used to have that. Um, and Lawyer had that early in the season. He has not looked like himself. But this team, though, has had gone through, it's really, I think, two or three seasons, when I say sub-eras of time when they couldn't shoot the ball well from deep. Um, and so... It's tough to say it's a good, it's a, it's a really, a team that can really shoot when we don't see much proof of it in the games, especially down the stretch. Now, will water find its level? It always does. And you can say that in the grand scheme of things. Like today, uh, let's, let's use that um, Ohio State shooting guard. I can't remember his name right now. Zero points in the first half, second half, storms back. And I think he had Thornton. Thornton. Thank you, LBD. Um, Thornton stormed back and had double digit points in the second half. That's water finance level. Now, if this team is as good of a shooting team as Painter believes they are, which I think they're pretty good, but I think there are some factors that he's not talking about, but I can talk about that, expound upon that later, maybe some other time. But if, there's that good, if they're that good of a shooting team and water finds its level in the tournament, Purdue's going to the Final Four or better. I mean that. Now, I'm a bit of a, a pessimist or skeptic, at least, right now about this team and their ability to shoot. It just seems like they go through periods every game. They, they happen to coincide with Big Zach taking a breather on the bench where they just can't score. And, um, I mean, it was really nice versus – well, no, 
versus Illinois. That first half when you had Trey Kaufman, Wren, and company putting together the best seven minutes of basketball we saw all season. And it was because these, these other parts, they really got involved and played really well. So Purdue has it in them. Just got to dig down deep and find it. All right, let me go down a little bit. Jim uh, Garfinkel says, best game Purdue has played since December. Okay, and I think you can make that argument and that it was a good, complete game. Uh, I would say they played Ohio State pretty damn well, Jim. Uh, that last time Purdue played Ohio State, I guess that was the second half, right? The first half, they just kind of hung around. So I, I think you can understand that. And you had to stop the momentum of a team that was hot. It's always a difficult thing. It feels like it's difficult. Ohio State was super confident coming into this game. So uh, I think you can make that argument, though. I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. It was a good, complete game, though. I will say that. Uh, let's see. Jack O'Leonard, 22. Sounds like uh, you need to wet your whistle with an Elmer T. Lee. Yes, <clears throat> I do. And if you have Elmer T. Lee, Jay, by the way, that's if you want to know the code, that's Jay Money right there. The J Money. Um, I do. And I was thinking about grabbing a, a bourbon before I, I came on the show, and I, I need one. And if you have Elmer T. Lee, I'll tell you what, I do accept gifts. That is one of my favorite beverages, and I cannot find it anywhere, and it costs a fortune. If, you, are you, if you're such a fan of boiled sports and spent that much, you want to donate an Elmer T. Lee bottle. I will not uh, turn that down. I would love an Elmer T. Lee right now. Um, and I'm going to have one here in a minute. I meant to get one before I started, but I was so excited to start. Jeff Park says, I know Purdue always doubles, uh, but they weren't going strong to the double. Mm -hmm. They were letting them pass easily out of the double, and that's why Gale was getting over those threes. Okay, Jeff, I'm with you completely. Number one, this is a good point that I didn't bring up. Uh, Gale was killing Purdue in the first half. I think he started the game five for five from three. I think that's true. If not four for four, he had he was leading all scores. I think he had 13 points to start the game. Um, he really, really looked very, very good early in the game. And part of it was the way Purdue decides to play defense on teams. Um, but man, they were not they weren't coming off the double team at all, and they were leaving him wide open. And he was taking advantage. For the record, Gale's not that good of a scorer right now at this point in his career. Who knows? Maybe next year it'll be awesome. Happens, but. It was hurting a little bit. If you remember, remember Purdue was up by eight points, and then Ohio State went on a run. So this goes against Jeff's argument. Jeff Barks would say it was a great game altogether. But, they, man, let's remember, they were down for a couple minutes. They were down pretty significantly. So they went from up eight to down six or eight in about a three, four-minute game period. Then they it took them a while to get back into rhythm, and Jenkins helped pull them out of there, I think, Newman had a three during that period of time, and then Edie got, started getting into rhythm as well. So there's an argument against that being that great of a game start to finish. Granted, it is a game of runs. you got to kind of take that in stride. But the bigger run that bothered me was that at the end of the game when Ohio State got it down to, what, four points after it was a close to, I think it was a 12 or 13-point deficit, and it closed all the way down to four, and then Edie came in, pushed it out. It was awesome. Uh, Tariq Campbell says, let's see. Yeah, let's remember OSU was missing their best two players. I don't, I'm not going to, Ohio State, that's that's a bit like, to me, sorry, this sounds a bit like what IU was saying. If IU had their best two players all season, they would have won the Big Ten going away. And literally, I've heard exactly that argument. Ohio State struggled this whole season when they had their players. I mean, I think they had Zed Key for a big, a big part of the, uh, the season. Granted, Sensabaugh is out today. Sensabaugh was out yesterday. Zed Key was out yesterday. And they looked like absolute world beaters yesterday. So I, I, I don't know if we can say that. I don't know. 
I don't know if I would, um, I don't know if I'd put an asterisk next to Purdue's win because of that situation, if that makes any sense. As Katie said, and I keep quoting, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. Ohio State was hot coming in. There's no other way to say that. Uh, let's see. Um, so that's, uh, let's see. Uh, three Camels talking about Sensabaugh being legit. I think there's an internal discussion here. Sensabaugh's very good. He'll be a good NBA player. Um, he has a ton of tools. I don't think he'll be coming back. I'm super happy about that. I would encourage every player in the Big Ten, not on Purdue, who is good, to really take the NBA testing of the waters very seriously here in the next few weeks. In fact, anybody on IU who's thinking about it, you know, if uh, Jackson Davis wants to do it now, it's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't want to put the asterisk there, and I won't. But if Hood Shafino and Trace Jackson Davis said they announced for the league and they got to go train right now, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset. In fact, I'll cheer them on. I'll retweet their announcement and tell them, great job, great decision. So that's about it. Purdue plays tomorrow at 3.30 Indiana time, 2.30 Chicago time. Uh, Purdue can add a second uh, championship, but the eyes are on the bigger prize right now. And Selection Sunday is at 6 p.m. tomorrow on CBS. Have a great afternoon. God bless you. Purdue is 28-5. and five. We'll see you.